Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. We don't want to see women doctors burn out. Instead, we want to see them burn bright. That is exactly why we created the Women in White Coats Physician Wellness Program to help women doctors overcome feelings of burnout, overwhelm, and exhaustion, rekindle their passion for medicine, and create better work-life integration and more fulfilling relationships. Sister Doc, we invite you to join us in a unique three-month-long journey back to yourself as we dive deep into the root of burnout and help you find more joy and fulfillment in all areas of your life. You'll even earn CME. To learn more, go to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash wellness and let's burn bright together. Now back to the episode. Hi, welcome to the Women in White Coats podcast. I'm Dr. Marion McCrary. I'm the co-host for the podcast. And today I'm talking with one of the Women in White Coats blog authors, Dr. Denise Burnett. And she wrote the article, Finding Meaning in Caring for the Dying. Dr. Burnett is a family medicine trained full-time hospice physician in Colorado. And she's also pursuing a master's of divinity degree. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Marion. So nice to be here. It's my very first podcast. I'm a little nervous and excited too. So thank you. Uh, well, I'm glad that we're honored to be your first podcast and, and hopefully you'll find it's just like having a conversation between two friends. For our listeners who haven't read your article yet, can you please share with us kind of the gist of what you wrote and uh, what made you want to write this article? So I guess um, the gist of the article is really what brought me into hospice work um, and how I kind of got started with that in my career and the benefits of working with dying patients is really um, what I wanted to stress to people. And the, the beauty that can come from that, from, from something that can be so tragic, obviously, but um, there's so much good that can come from it too. So. Um, I've wanted to do some writing for a while and I guess during the pandemic and, and really contemplating a lot of things about life and, and work and, and just things in general, um, I thought it was a good opportunity to finally write an article. So, yeah, so yeah, it's really been a time for reflection for different reasons for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, you mentioned some of the benefits of, of being in this role as a hospice physician. 
and what you can bring to your patients. What, um, you know, what do you ultimately feel like that a physician, a team member, like a nurse or someone else in the hospice team and a patient can take from this experience in their lives, doing this job or being involved in this? Sure. Well, hospice, as most people know, I'm sure, is a multidisciplinary team. Um, and as a physician, of course, we bring the medical side of things. We, you know, the symptom management and things like that. But I think we offer a pretty unique perspective. Um, you know, we're kind of able to see perhaps the total patient, you know, versus some of the other disciplines. Um, and I know for me, I just, I feel like it's an honor and a privilege to be involved in such an intimate part of a person's life. I mean, dying is intimate and um, it's just, yeah, for me, it's just, I feel honored to be a part of that. Yeah. And in your, I guess, upbringing as a physician, being a family medicine trained physician, you're you're used to seeing people at, at all aspects of their life from, from birth till the end of their life and, and seeing them as a total person as well. But this really helps bring that to a different um, degree, I guess, when you are, you're with them in the, in the last moments of their life. Absolutely. And then of course, we're not only treating the patient, we're treating the family too. Mm-hmm. So that brings a whole other set of, you know, issues sometimes. And, you know, I feel like as physicians, we're kind of used to bringing in the whole family with mm-hmm. things. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and speaking of that a little bit, you know, when I read your article, it reminded me of a partner that I had in a practice who I think very similarly to you had, had been a generalist for a long time and then just started getting interested in how they could have a different role after a family member had, they had lost a family member and had gone through that experience. Was that um, an impetus for you as well? Absolutely. Yeah. I um, lost my mom in 2009 to breast cancer. She uh, struggled with breast cancer for 22 years. So a very long time, but was very, very sick at the end. And uh, in Canada, I was living in the U S at the time. Um, so my involvement wasn't as much as I had wished it could be. Um, but yeah, there just weren't a lot of, um, hospice. Well, there was no hospice where she was. So that was a little frustrating to me and kind of encouraged me even more to pursue this kind of work. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So kind of getting in to make a change so that, yes. that others could benefit from that. Absolutely. So what was it like when you decided to make a career transition and actually did it? How was that? (laughs) How did you come to that decision and, and kind of what has it been like since that time? You know, it was, it was a real leap of faith. Um, I was in a job at the time that um, I, I didn't feel very fulfilled and I was frustrated and kind of dealing with a lot of corporate medicine, like I like to call it. Um, And I thought, you know, now, now's the time. It was just time for a change. And um, it was a lot of prayer. And like I said, a leap of faith. And um, I had resigned from my job before I even applied for this one, which I have never done before. And you know, as physicians were very much control, right? So that was that was difficult. Um, But it all it all Yeah, it all worked out. Um, 
and uh, I applied for this job and it wasn't easy in another respect because I'm not fellowship trained in hospice. So um, I was lucky enough to find a corporation that was willing to hire a physician without the fellowship training. Mm. So yeah, it was a blessing all around. So. Yeah, and you uh, you had the on-the-job training for many years, most likely, yes. and then just really refined those skills to, to focus on um, yeah. what these individuals needed at that point in time. Yeah, and, and I did go ahead and get my uh, hospice medical director certification, so mm -hmm. that helped me with training, too. There was a lot of preparation for that exam and reading and, and things, so that was a big help. Yeah, so today, day-to-day, in, in your role as a hospice physician, you know, I just as a primary care physician who works with patients, but not necessarily having, you know, the, the larger role that you have, what's that day-to-day -day like for you if there's a listener who may be interested in, you know, doing that themselves? It may be, it may be nice for you to, to kind of give them a little insight on that. Sure. Yeah. I'm uh, fortunate that I get to do a little bit of everything with the business I work for. So we have an inpatient hospice unit, a 13 bed unit, um, which is um, symptom management primarily, but also end of life care. Um, so I do that on the weekends. And then um, another day during the week, I do an inter interdisciplinary team meeting. Um, so that's all the, um, you know, the social worker, the chaplain, the uh, the nurses, CNAs, all of us are involved. We discuss the patients. And then another day I'm out in the community doing visits and I love home visits, you know, as family physicians uh, and primary care physicians, I think it's just, it's such a neat thing to do. And the, the families are so appreciative. So yeah, so I'm blessed. I get to do a little bit of everything. So yeah, it sounds very different than what you described earlier as kind of being in a, in kind of a set a corporate medicine type yes. of role, probably where you were in the clinic, you know, did this, filled out paperwork, saw patients. Yep. So, so yep. this is kind of a little bit, a little bit more freedom um, in the ways yeah. that you can take care of patients. Absolutely. And I get to spend time with patients. I'm not like every 10 minutes, you know, room to room. So mm -hmm. I can spend an hour if I need to or more. So it's, it's really yeah. wonderful that yeah. way. Yeah. And I can imagine some of those, those conversations that you have with patients, um, just really figuring out what's important to them at this mm -hmm. stage in their life and how that may translate into other conversations. So I'd love to hear if you, if you would, if you have any tips that you might share on determining, you know, what's important in your life and how you can you can live that um, before you get to, to that stage in your life that you're working with these patients. Sure, yeah. It's um, a lot of reflective listening, I would say. You know, it's really uh, way more listening and less talking. And trying to help them figure out, I guess, if they have any regrets. And, you know, if there's things that need to be mended, relationships that can be mended, sometimes they can't, but, you know, we try to help them through that um, and really understanding that that's what's important in life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about connections and relationships and family and loved ones. Um, so, yeah, we, we see a lot of that. There, there are people, obviously, that have a lot of regrets when they get to that point, and mm -hmm. it's sad. Yeah. Um, but that's the beauty, again, of an interdisciplinary team. We have people we can bring in, you know, to help them with that. 
help the the counseling uh, portion of it. So, yeah, yeah, that piece of having kind of a little bit of everything that you need at that yeah. point in time. So, yeah, for sure. So, I'd also love to hear about your experience with deciding to do your master's program and what that's been like for you so far. Yeah, so that was a decision I've kind of um, toyed with off and on for years. Um, I remember being a very young girl thinking, I want to be a missionary in the Amazon. <laughs> so, and I've done some missionary work, medical missionary work over the years, but, you know, being in this job and realizing that spirituality is a huge part of what we do um, in hospice in particular, I think. Um, I had an experience with a patient who um, was really struggling with spiritual questions. And because of some past choices she had made, she was really concerned she was going to go to hell. Mm -hmm. And it just really struck me and hurt me. And I just, I really felt at a loss. So um, I talked to one of our chaplains. I'm like, I think I need some more education and training on this. What do you think? And and um, it was that that was sort of the final push for me to to pursue it. So um, because I work full time, of course, I decided to do something online. And this is part time, totally at my own pace. And it's been wonderful. It's really been an eye opener and very fulfilling and rewarding. So, yeah, anyone out there toying with that idea, I would just say go for it. It's really, really remarkable. Yeah, you use some great uh, adjectives, but I would say enriching too. So yeah. it kind of just brought back that thought of what you wanted to be when you were younger and yes. and kind of sounds like it's married that into what you're doing as a physician as well. Totally. So it's never yeah. too late to pursue some of nope. those childhood dreams that we, that we think about. <laughs> no. no, I'm 52 and just enrolled in graduate school. So yay. No, it's never too late. Yeah, absolutely not. This is um, this is one of these uh, midlife changes. I, it's not a crisis. Yeah, no, it's really coming into to yeah. creating the the different thing pieces of your life and kind of putting them together in a way that that really fulfills yeah. you. So yeah, and I'd say it's really helped me have some difficult conversations with my own family. You mm -hmm. know, I have an aging father who's 90, 93. and um, it's helped me have some conversations with him that have been difficult about spirituality. So it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. This has been such a interesting conversation and I've loved to hear about the journey that you've had and the value that you get with your interaction with patients. So I'd love to give our listeners uh, a path to reach you if they wanted to talk more about this. How can they do that? Sure. I'm on LinkedIn. That's the only social media that I participate in, but I can be found on there. Um, and you can send me a message that way if you like. Great. Thank, thank you so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Marion. And thank you for what you do. I think um, this platform is wonderful and just a way to empower female physicians is great. So thank you. You're welcome. And I agree. Keep listening. Hi there, Women Docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? 
we'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual doctor's lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you will find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.